Hello and welcome to Dak and Rick's Pod. I'm Dak. And I'm Rick. And this is a Father Son Podcast where we talk about all things sports. And we are back today. A little bit late this week on episode three. Uh, this is coming out, I believe, Tuesday, July 12th. We've been trying to hit Sundays. Oh, well, we missed it. How do you feel? <laughs> We're close enough. Close enough. Well, I feel really good. I feel really good and excited to talk about the F1 sports. Yes, we have Formula One. The Austrian Grand Prix just happened on Sunday. Craziness ensued as it's a sprint weekend. We'll get into that as our first topic. But of course, we have to talk about the Miami Heat free agency and Summer League later on in the episode. So stick around for that. And let's get started on the Austrian Grand Prix. Uh, No preview this week as it's kind of a little late to give you guys a preview as it's already two days past the race. So let's just get straight into it. Basically, the Austrian Grand Prix took place at Red Bull's home circuit, which is called the Red Bull Ring. Pretty suiting. And it suited their car the best as uh, Red Bull uh, won the sprint and came in second in the total Grand Prix. As this is a special weekend in Formula One. These only happen, I believe, four to five times a year. It's called the sprint, where basically, instead of your traditional two practices on Friday, one practice Saturday, qualifying, and then race on Sunday or the practice and qualifying happen on Saturday. Instead, this happens where it's one practice on Friday, a qualifying on Friday, then one practice on Saturday, the sprint, which is a 20... Well, it depends on the track, but in this case, it was 24, actually 23 laps because they started a lap late because they needed to do an extra formation lap. Um, it's a 23-lap race. Well, not they're not allowed to call it a race, but sprint to the finish line. There you go. And um, winners get given points that go towards their driver's championship as well as the constructor's championship in order of one through eight, whoever finishes first through eight, get points eight all the way down to one if you're in eighth place. And this week, Max Verstappen took home the extra eight points. He was already leading the driver's championship. What do you have to say about that incredible sprint race? Yeah, it was really fun to watch, uh, you know, I have to tell you. And, and the, the fact that he has he was able to overcome it and he was able to win it. It was fantastic. And he got his eight points. Yes. And although he's already in the lead, it always helps extending your lead. Because this weekend we could see there was trouble coming. I kind of predicted it as I was talking to some of my friends and stuff. That both a Red Bull and Ferrari car uh, retired from the race. You know, we're not going to do such a play-by-play this time as I want to try a different formula for Formula 1. And, you know, just talk about the race in general. Um, But yeah, the Red Bull and Ferrari... One of them uh, well, you got know, knocked out of the race. It's incredible because Ferrari has a reputation um, forever of being such a fast car. The only problem that we're having here, from what I see, it's its reliability. You know, the yeah, fact, the engine just went up in flames. I know, it was and really they were ready wild. for a one-two. It was, I know, yeah, it was, it was, it was going to happen. It was almost there. I mean, but it's really freaky Within when the last, that car like, four or started, five laps. I know when that car started smoking and the fire started coming out. I mean, that was very scary. You got to feel for Carlos Sainz. He's been putting in a great year. He just won last week in Silverstone. He had a great time in the sprint race. I think he came in, uh, I think it was third. Yeah, I think it was third. And, you know, took home six points there. He was about to take home more points. Help Charles Leclerc, his teammate, take away even more points from Mac Verstappen's championship lead. And it just all went up into flames, literally and figuratively. Yep. And look what happened with Red Bull's uh, Sergio Perez. Yes, we have to talk about Checo and uh, that crazy, I believe it was turn three collision 
with Mercedes driver George Russell. It caused Checo to fall all the way to P20 and eventually retire from the race as he was just not keeping up with the pace. Talk about that a little bit. Well, the bit, car dude. was all messed up. I mean, they, there was nothing they can do with it. They, they tried to let him go a little bit longer, but it was, just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it was just better to retire the car, save it for another race because, you know, at the end of the day, these cars cost money. And, you know, if you're able to save up on parts, it wasn't like he was going to recover right. this race. Unlike George Russell, who was also in this collision, uh, collision, he well, they gave him a penalty, right? A five-second penalty? Yes, he was given a five-second penalty. Basically, how penalties work in Formula One is that the car has to sit in the pit lane and wait five seconds before the mechanics, engineers, whatever, uh, whoever it's changing the tires, whatever they're working on, can start work on their pit stop. So that Let me made tell you, drop. five seconds is a lot of time because it's an unbelievable how they they go to the pit stop on a regular situation, they change tires and they fix that car and they put gas or whatever it is that they're doing in about 2.3, 2.4, 2.5 seconds. It's unreal what goes on. Yeah, they're super quick and they know how to do everything. And, you know, it's five seconds is more than you'll take probably an entire race sitting in the pit stop. It seems like a lifetime when you're under that time pressure. And, you know, the amount of people that are working behind the scenes. I mean, we're talking about these these drivers, which are incredible, are amazing. They're, you know, they're athletes because they have to sit in that car for hours. And they mentally have to prepare right. for so it's each mentally, track physically. differently. And also, you know, traveling across the world. Well, everyone in Formula One has to travel across the I mean, world, but so they're all dealing with it. That's incredible how they travel. In addition to that, they're away from home. They're away from their beds, you know. But the reality is the amount of people that are behind those drivers is unbelievable. Each team is a, I mean, how many There's people? There's like 20, are there? 30 people alone just ready for pit stops and on the pit crew. And it's crazy how they're able to get it done. As uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton and George Russell both had a crash on Friday, Friday day, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was in the middle of the day. And during qualifying, they made it to Q3, meaning uh, George ended up starting P4 and Hamilton ended up starting P9 because of uh, an issue with Sergio Perez, which we'll get into later. And basically, uh, Hamilton told the car and they had that thing ready uh, ready Monday or not Monday morning Saturday morning for him to get ready for that second practice and be able to compete in the sprint as well as George Russell and look both of them were able to climb up to P3 and P4 in this race and take home the most points on race day which is a total of 15 plus 12 whatever that equals out to I guess so Mercedes with Hamilton came in number three and Mercedes with George Russell came in number four yes so they took home 15 and 12 points respectively towards the driver's championship and um, basically what I was trying to say with that, uh, going back to the five-second penalties, man, there were a lot of them this race. As a lot of as the FIA decided they were going to start being more, um, what, how, what's, yeah, they were going to start being more. Enforcing a little enforcing, bit more. Enforcing, yeah, track limits and going off the track. And a lot of guys did it, and they would get their laps deleted. Some of them had to go and do a five-second penalty. It all depended on what happened. But, you know, at the end of the day, it already happened. There's a lot of tension growing between the FIA and drivers, so we'll see how that continues to unfold for the rest of the year. But let's talk about more good things, which is for Ferrari's Charles Leclerc getting his first podium in five races or two months. Man, that guy needed it. Right, and, and you know, he did a great job. It was good to see him take the number one spot. And the reality is that it's unfortunate of what happened to Ferrari and what happened to Red Bull, but, you know, the... No, he was going to win the race no matter what happened to Ferrari right. or Red Bull. Like he, he, that that no, Ferrari no, just had such speed, right? And as long as his car, even though they were having an issue with the throttle there at the end, he was complaining right. to everyone about right. that to Mattia, the team principal, to his race engineer. But look, 
He made it. And this right. is, let me note, this is the first ever race that he wins without getting pole position. Pole position means you start in the first spot in the grid, and he won it from P2. Not which, that hard. But, which which you know, made it, but, still, but it still made it win. more exciting. And then, you know, the, who benefited from this Mercedes? Yes, from Mercedes. The, from Red Bull leaving and from, or retiring, as they say, and from a Ferrari retiring, you know, uh, Mercedes Although benefited. Mercedes didn't take all uh, the most points on the weekend because they didn't do as well in the sprint. As Hamilton ended up getting one point and um, uh, George Russell ended up getting, I think, five. So they didn't do that amazing in the week in the entire weekend compared to Ferrari and Red Bull. I think Ferrari ended with the most points. They were able to take away the most points on race weekend. And you know what? Mercedes has continued to show even in their worst year. They are eight. They've won the Constructors Championship for eight straight years. They know what they're doing. Well, and they- for some reason this year, they just haven't figured it out. But even in their worst year, they're still competing for it. Well, the only thing I can I can add to all this is that I'm new at Formula One. I'm new as a spectator. I'm, I'm new, new as well. I just and I have to tell you, it like crazy. it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, it's a, you know, people just oh, they just cars just go around in circles. No, there's a well, lot. These guys more. go around in like I I I, I thought I was going to say something interesting, but no, they, it's not a circle because it's not no, like I know, NASCAR. But, they, but it's, it's like, like a, you know, twists and turns. And right, that's what makes but, it but still, people say oh, you just see them go round and round, even though it's not a complete circle. when it comes to Formula One. But there's so much behind it. There's so much strategizing behind it. When to change yes, the tires? What tire what type you want to use? Right. When do you want to use it? How do you want to use it? Right. When How do you go you to the pit stop? You know. You I know. mean, it's so exciting. It's so it's it's a lot. It's it's really not only is it physical, but it's a mental, and that's what the sport is. Just a lot of fun to watch. So if you don't watch it, if you're not a fan, you know, I suggest that you really look into it and take some time because you'll enjoy it, just like you enjoy any other sports, whether it's basketball, football, soccer, whatever it is. Tennis, this is a wonderful sport to watch. Well, with all that being said, I'm going to quickly run you through the 20 racers and tell you how they fared this weekend. So in 20th place comes Red Bull's Sergio Perez, as he did not finish the race and he was the first car to retire. And number 19, it is Williams' Nicholas Latifi. After a strong weekend last weekend, he had a car issues, could not finish the race. Number 18, Ferrari's Carlos Sainz. Uh, did not finish with an engine failure. Number 17 was Aston Martin's Sebastian Vettel. Number 16, Alfa Tauri, Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, 15, Alfa Tauri, uh, Pierre Gasly. 14, Alfa Romeo's Zhou Guangyu. Uh, 13, Aston Martin's Lance Stroll. 12, Williams' Alex Albon getting that first uh, race in with his new upgrades. So let's see if they're able to continue that into next or into two weeks from now in France. Uh, number 11, Alfa Romeo, Valtia Bottas. Number 10, the first person to score points. Gaining one point towards the Drivers' Championship, Fernando Alonso of Alpine. Then we have nine, McLarens, Daniel Ricciardo gaining two points. Haas's um, Kevin Magnussen gaining four points in spot number eight. In seventh came Lando Norris of McLaren gaining six points um, in sixth place. Haas's Mick Schumacher, two straight weekends of Mick Schumacher scoring points, and he scored eight points this weekend. In fifth came Alpine's Esteban Ocon as he scored 10 points. In fourth, Mercedes' George Russell with 12 uh, number three was Mercedes Sir Lewis Hamilton with his 15 points. In second come Red Bull with Max Verstappen gaining 19 points. And in number one position, your champion of the Austrian Grand Prix is Ferrari's Charles Leclerc, gaining a total of 25 points. And that's about all for Formula One, this review. Uh, let us know if you guys like this new format of just kind of discussing it generally or if you want more play-by-play. Also, we'll see you guys in two weeks for the France, uh, I don't know the name of the Grand Prix. I think it's the French Grand Prix. I don't know if they have multiple in France. So we'll, we'll be in France in two weeks before we head to a summer break for Formula One. 
And with all that being said, uh, let's head to our first break. And we're back to talk Heat Free Agency, Heat Summer League. A lot of exciting things going on. And of course, I would be terrible if I didn't talk about the Kevin Durant watch. It seems like we're all on it currently. And um, what else can I say other than tonight, or yeah, I guess tonight, which is Monday, July 11th, uh, the Heat general manager, Andy Ellisberg, is meeting with Nets general manager, I believe his last name is Marks, in the Vegas area to go have dinner with each other. And, you know, this is a lot more than just your cordial, hi, hello, because every GM talks to every GM in the summer league. But in this case, it's a little bit further than that. What could they be talking about? Durant, Irving, or literally nothing? Who knows? Well, I think they're talking absolutely about the whale. We all know that. I mean, um, you know, Pat Riley's been talking about that for a couple of years already, uh, since the Dwayne Wade days, if you remember. And the bottom line is um, that I think that they're pursuing him. Every, everyone knows they're pursuing him, and everyone knows that he's pursuing the heat to some degree, to some extent. So we'll see what happens. Yes, we most definitely will. As, of course, we're not going to be only talking about rumors. Let's talk about some cold, hard facts. And one of those facts is that the Heat re-signed forward Caleb Martin to a three-year, $20 million deal. Congratulations to him. That's a great one. And we're we're glad to see him. I think he's going to be an asset to the Heat. I think they did the right thing in signing him on. I'm glad he's staying with us. And uh, now let's see. Yeah, he really came out of nowhere this year. He really improved and went from a two-way guy to a full contract guy to now... Uh, $6 million a year, just about, as he got the full taxpayer mid-level exception. That's basically a certain amount of money allotted to teams who are over the salary cap, and they're allowed to still spend a certain amount of money. They gave all $6 million to Caleb Martin. We'll see if that pays off for them. I think it will. I also I think as well. Now, what about UD? Well, yes. Everyone is not on UD. or Not everybody. Ugh, words. Um, everybody should not be on KD Watch, as we still have the biggest will of all, UD to watch out for as who knows is he coming back for 20th year supposedly the reports say it is very important to his legacy what do you think about that legacy do you think it needs that 20th year i don't think i mean you know ud has earned it so whatever he wants to do whether he wants to come back and and you know be a player slash trainer whether he wants to be a motivator whether he wants to be a, a minority partner in the team or you know he wants to be a coach he has he's earned it david he's earned the ability to do any of those three things so let's see what he decides of course, it's up to him at the end of the day. We hope he comes back for another year. But if not, there's a bunch of young bucks ready to take his roster spot. And let's, with that beautiful transition, transition into the Summer League, the best time of the year where you get to see random guys that you didn't even know existed turn into NBA stars like Nikola Jovic. I didn't know he existed until he drafted him. And hey, now we love him. Let's talk about that first game of the week. We're talking about this week, which was of July 3rd, I believe, till the 9th or 10th. I think it's till the 10th. And let's go back to the California Classic before we got to Vegas and talk about the game versus the Kings where the Heat lost 81-64. to Tell me a little bit about that. Well, guard Javante Smart led the team with 12 points, and uh, that, he, he did a nice job there. Uh, the first rounder that you were mentioning a couple mo- moments ago, Nikola Jovic, the forward, he came off the bench and he had six points and four rebounds i mean he did a great job for being his first game you know no it's not his first game it's actually the second week of the summer league so that's about his third third game. game all right but, but the heat tried him off the bench this time right exactly and then you know someone that you that came out of nowhere forward haywood highsmith look how well he did he did nine points eight rebounds and two steals 
Yes, Highsmith was a weird signing in the middle of the year. The Heat have now signed him. Well, they signed him initially to a three-year deal. I guess that's now a two-year deal. But hey, he seems to be carving himself some sort of role on this Heat team with P.J. Tucker leaving. Who knows what's going to happen at that four position. Maybe he can take it. He's really impressed in Summer League. As we move on to the second game of the week, which was against the Warriors, continuing the California Classic, the Heat finally get their first win of the Summer League, winning 94-70. to Tell me some stats from that game. Well, let's go back to a first-rounder, our our forward Nikola Jovic. He led the team with 25 points and 9 rebounds. Now, in this game, he looked much more comfortable. He looked much more at ease. And, he, you know, the, the points show it, and his playtime showed it. 25 and points nine and rebounds. 9 rebounds. I mean, that, that, that was pretty impressive. Uh, we also have the two-way um, guard. What's his name, David? Michael Mulder? I believe so. He scored 11 points and had 5 rebounds. I should mention real quick about two-way. I just put him down as a two-way guard because at the end of the day, he was a two-way player last year. I don't know if he's re-signed with the Heat to be a two-way guy this year. And all that is very fluid as the Heat had four or five guys. I don't know if you remember Kyle Guy. He was there for a while. Or was that 20? No, I think that was this year. I don't even know. Man, everything just blurs together when you're in the summer league. But yeah, I just wanted to mention, I'm trying to mention mainly the guys who are somewhat on the Heat roster. And I believe he was pretty important to mention. But well, I don't know if he still has a two-way contract or not. I didn't verify that before the episode. Just something to point out. Now tell me about Haywood Highsmith in that game. Well, look at Haywood Highsmith. He also felt a little more comfortable. He His points improved from 9 to 12. Rebounds, he went up one rebound from 8 to 9. And assists, he had three more assists. He went up from 2 to 5 re, um, assists. I'm sorry, assists. So... Again, another player that we got to keep an eye on because he's doing, you know, gradually, slowly, he's improving game by game. And we saw him during the course of the year. I know you said that he came in in, in mid-year. Yeah, and but, he played very, very limited minutes. But right. in those limited minutes, you were able to see some flashes. And mm-hmm. a guy that we hope to see some flashes from is center Orlando Robinson. Is he impressed with eight points, four rebounds, and one block? And a few days later, they signed him to a training camp contract. Woo! Yay, congrats, congrats. So we'll see if he's able to stick on the roster. Who knows? And now we're headed to Vegas, baby. High rolling, dice flying, <laughs> casino loving versus the Celtics. And man, the Heat did get their revenge over them by winning 88-78. to And tell me a little bit about that game. Again, Michael Mulder, he scored 23 points and he had four rebounds to lead the team in scoring. That That's pretty impressive. Yep, uh, he's first, really working for that two-way contract. Yeah, that's, that, that's what they got to do, and that's what this league is all about. That's what the summer league is all about, having the players come that really want to show their commitment, their desire, their tenacity, their, their yeah, love for the sport. sport. Right. And, and let's hope he's And that they're hungry, it. that they want it. That's what the coaches are looking for, I think. Um, so, you know, there again, you have uh, Michael Mulder. He scored 23 points. Our first-rounder, our forward, Jovic. Struggled, but you know he. What, what was it, Davey? He, he but he grabbed four boards and yeah, and he, he had failed one to score assist, in this game. You know. and he had one assist, four boards. Not a great game. Again, yeah. seeing the struggles of transitioning from Serbia uh, to the United States, as he said, it is going to be a little bit of a transition. And look, he don't expect him to be right. a twenty point scorer right now. They don't expect him to be Tyler Hero and come in and play a major role. But who knows? And we continue to talk about other players as. Forward Haywood Highsmith continued his reign of uh, double-digit games, uh, double-digit scoring games, and having 14 points, 6 rebounds. Top of that, let's talk about center Orlando Robinson. Well, he impressed everyone again with 12 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 blocks. I mean, so 
He's proving himself. Yes, and who I knows? Mean, listen, this is all the summer league. They all want to prove themselves. They all have to prove themselves, you know, themselves. But, you know, you got to give them a little bit of time. That's what this is all about. So let's wait and see. Um, let's see when training camp you know, actually comes. Jovic he's able had, to stick on the you know, roster. He had one bad game. That doesn't mean that he's well, a good player. Well, he's had a player. couple bad a, games in this summer league. Well, but, but, it, but it takes time. It takes time for you to get acclimated. It takes time for you to... to not really, everybody can be Tyler Hero and impress uh, automatically you know, go to you the NBA what? Finals. You're, you're 100% right. That, I don't know. I'm true. trying to pump the Tyler Hero stock right now so some team will take him so we can get and, us, so and, we can get that wheel. And what happened to the uh, our center, Yurtsevin? Yeah, he's, uh, again... Did not play coach's decision as I believe he's having a quad injury. Who knows if that was caused in uh, national team play or if that's something he's just had nagging and just didn't want to end up playing in the summer league. Who knows? Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery as well as something to mention. Nikola Jovic is on the injury report. Who knows if he will play again in Vegas. Uh, the coach, I believe it's Malik Allen, which is a heat assistant coach, says don't rule it out. Jovic may still play. But just something to note, as the Heat will not play again until, I guess, the day of this episode coming out on Tuesday, July 11th versus the Atlanta Hawks. Of course, we will come to you at the end of the week with updates about all of it. Hopefully, the Heat keep on winning. I want to see them uh, make a long run in this Summer League playoffs. This is the first year the Summer League is giving out championship rings to the team that wins. Uh, what do you think about that? You think it's too gimmicky or... It's a little gimmicky, but you know it also uh, gives motiv- motivates players. Yeah, it incentivizes them right. for showing up and trying to do something cool and... Yeah, I guess that's about it for this episode of Dak and Rick's Pod. Anything you'd like to add on? No, look forward to Heat game tomorrow. Look forward to coming back in a couple days and speaking to you all and um, talking about sports. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow us at Dak and Rick's Pod on Instagram as well as follow my own personal social media at Dak25 underscore. As well, be sure to rate us five stars wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend, you know, repost, enjoy. I don't know. There's a lot to say, but at the end of the day, Your time is limited, so I won't hold any more of it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, be sure to rate five stars, all that good stuff. And I will see you guys, or well, we will see you guys in the next one. See you later.